one and all. And thanks for listening. Right, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get going. The first Patreon episode went up this week. Again, like I said before, if you can afford it, it's $2 a month. Uh, you get extra shows and entry into some competitions and that. Uh, obviously, if you can't afford it, that's fair enough. Just to let you know about some future shows that we've got coming up. Okay, so we've got um, so we've got Cases with Sam from Not Alone Podcast. Then we've got Doppelgangers with the guys from One Not For Yes Podcast. We've got Freddie Silver coming on to talk about the Lost Art of Resurrection and Crop Circles. So, all interesting stuff. Right, I know you want to know about today. Right, today I've got Miles Johnson on the show, who runs the aptly named Miles Johnson YouTube channel. Okay, and then you can find that on YouTube just by typing Miles Johnson in. It'll come up. Let's see if we can get him another 100 subscribers if you enjoy the interview. Now, the interview itself is one of them really crazy interviews that I think you're either going to love or you're going to hate. <laughs> so, um, hopefully you love it. I think you, I think most of you will. But we do go through, we cover a lot of what's, uh, well, we cover all the bases, uh, if you don't mind the pun. On his YouTube channel... He covers stuff like alien bases, super soldiers, alien abductees, conferences. He's got it all. If you're interested in aliens, this is a great place to, uh, you know, to subscribe to, and you'll get you know loads of information. So literally, we blast through uh, a lot of what's on his YouTube channel. So we don't stick on a subject for too long because obviously we want to keep it moving along. But if there is a subject in today's interview that you find interesting or you want to know more about, then let us know. We can either get uh, Miles on to talk about it or another person. Uh, just let us on know through the website. That's www.dontbreaktheoathpodcast.com. Make sure you get our website and not Podomatics. Very important. Obviously, if you just want to email us, it's uh, dbtopodcast.gmail.com or you can join the Paranormal Hangout on Facebook. Okay, let's get into the interview then. So I start by asking Miles, see... His background is radio, so I wanted to know how he got into that. So I asked him how he got into radio and how that led him into UFOs. Well, first of all, I've been in it since I've been about five years old. I set up a UFO society at school. I was in the Astronomical Society, and when I was 10, my parents brought me down to the opening of, the, around about that age, the opening of what was the Armagh Observatory. I'm from Northern Ireland. So, uh, and then Patrick Moore was there. He opened it and I got a little book signed which on my birthday. And uh, that was uh, 1967. And uh, I think it was. And uh, it was a big deal. Patrick Moore, a big fan. And uh, I've always been into astronomy. And uh, when I was at school, the bottom line was that uh, I was already into UFOs. I didn't realize it. It turns out, I mean, I've made this public. Uh, it turns out that uh, I seem to be in some kind of a program. Uh, so, and if you look at the logic of the situation is, you know, all the stuff that I've done, you know, in the last five or six years, particularly because I got fired at Sky because I was alerting them to some extremely alarming and extremely serious things which were going on, which I'm going to talk about soon. Um. I have mentioned it in the past, but the broadcasting institutions have been accessed or are being accessed by things, but we don't need to talk about that. Anyway, so I then want to, the, the, yeah, the, the basically, no, it's way above that. I mean, people have no idea what the, it's, it's so seriously, uh, but I, I don't want to, 
essentially who I am. I, I, am I at school? The physics teacher was rather too blatantly pushing the whole UFO thing down. And then that just like, that was like a red rag to a bull. So I set up a UFO society at school. And, uh, when I was in fifth form, uh, ended up getting double page spreads about UFOs all across the Northern, Northern Ireland newspapers. I was on Ulster television with a colleague of mine called John Hind. And, uh, we set up the Irish UFO research center while we were at school. And then when, when I went on to college to get qualified as a electrical and electronic engineer, and he went on, did his thing, uh, we were then looking at UFOs in Ireland in the early 1970s. And that is when a lot of things were really changing. And without realizing it, uh, there was another group in the Republic of Ireland and then we met up in the mid, in the early sort of 70s and they got going. And one of the members of that group, the uh, which we called it, the, we called it collectively the Irish UFO Research Centre, and we were affiliated to, to, to Bufora, so we sent a lot of all our reports to Bufora, which turned out to be a complete black hole. All that data is is just, you know, all those years of data sent to Bufora has, is a complete, has been basically, I think, almost lost. I mean, I think it's been sold to somebody in Denmark somewhere. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that Matthew Williams, my, uh, we've, we've done cases together over the years we've fallen out we've screened at each other and uh and so forth over the years but uh, uh you know matthew was involved with the original barry king investigation way back in the mid 90s with 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 me uh i brought him in as a critical uh independent observer to uh you know give barry king a lot of hassle anyway <clears throat> we're getting ahead of ourselves so the point is i've been in ufo in a ufo thing you know, for bloody years. And uh, being on TV, Ulster Television, and then the BBC, we did work with them in BBC Northern Ireland. So I've worked with the BBC and I've worked with uh, with ITV. And that's all we ever had. A lot of people don't realise we only ever had two channels, ITV and BBC. And Okay, the BBC had BBC Two. We didn't have Channel 4 until the bloody 1980s. And even, you know, and, and then Channel 5 when he came along 10 years later. And then, you know, the only person that was doing anything else other than that was Rupert Murdoch. And so people just don't understand the significance of why we had to have Rupert Murdoch. And that was, that's a story which is plugged into this whole thing. Without Rupert Murdoch's finances and skills, you would not have multi-channel TV here. You would only have had British satellite broadcasting with five poxy bloody channels, 99.9% basically just uh, retaining the ITV BBC monopoly. And in terms of news broadcasting, ITV is irrelevant. Uh, the only source of television news in terms of public service broadcasting is the BBC. And then you got Channel 4 and they are heavily compromised. Yeah, uh, all of them. Uh, but the point is, those are the only games in town, except for the pirate broadcasting. I'm a leading pirate radio broadcaster. I have put on million watt FM pirate stations on the Irish border. I broadcast hundreds of miles. The last station we ran was Energy 106, which was on a tower 150, 160 feet tall, and was still on the air until February 2005. And we were a pirate without a license. Nobody else has done that. 
And I'm telling that to these people who keep on thinking I'm a shill or whatever the hell it is. Nobody has done what I have done in terms of putting the boat out and getting new media. And I was in there at Sky News putting on documentaries on Sky News, which had never been material had never been broadcast in Britain before. Stuff that the BBC hadn't touched and only touched in the last few weeks with Max Spears. That's how long the BBC has not touched this stuff. Uh, and um, I've been in Bufora, you know, for, for for years. I effectively left it uh, when it did, 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 did collapsed into 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 what Max Burns, a brilliant researcher who went to jail for his work, Max Burns, on the Max Briley Burns, on the Sheffield incident. And in this country, we all talk about bloody bent waters. And in the United States, we all talk about Roswell. Even Nick Pope has pointed this out, that there are other UFO cases. And why do we keep concentrating on these two old cases when there's huge amounts of stuff happening right now and uh, over the years. And one of the most important cases was Max Spears and Max Burns. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, let's not. So anyway, that's my basic pedigree. Uh, I've been I've, I've created independent media. Uh, I was. Shall we say part of the process which brought Sky Television into existence. Uh, I was uh, trying to set up uh, independent satellite broadcasting after I got fired after at the BBC. I was fired BBC 1987, but didn't actually leave till 88. And that's when I set up KISS FM 103.7, a 1.2 megawatt FM and AM radio station on the Irish border, which, which, which FM signal got into Scotland, Yorkshire, and the British Midlands. You could drive up the M6 and listen to my pirate station, KISS FM 103.7, in your car, on the M6, in stereo, and it was broadcasting from the middle of Ireland. That is unprecedented for an FM signal. And you could pick it up in Stranraer and in Scotland, but uh, we still... Yeah, we, were, we were producing high energy. What a lot of people in Britain have no idea about is that the broadcasting in Britain is so locked down that the uh, A, you had to have Radio Caroline in the 1960s, and that was built at Carlingford Lock. And Carlingford Lock is a UFO is a UFO zone, and I'm mentioning that deliberately because there is a connection with pirate radio and the UFO situation. So, uh, as ever, as all sorts of bloody things, because my mate Lawrence was abducted at Energy 106 in Monaghan, and again that was on TV. It was RTE, and it's been on the Irish. It's on the Basis Project, and it's also a part of what I call the Irish Year. I shot this documentary, you know, from 1978, uh, 79 on VHS, and eventually got it bumped up. Uh, finally, got better cameras. But I was I was shooting a documentary called "The Irish Era of Pirate Radio." YouTube have massacred it using a copyright as a mechanism for censorship, and I've been doing that. But that's, <clears throat> that's so essentially, I was. It was those cameras, my, uh, which I was using, which I then walked, you know, got uh, got back into ufology uh, in the in the early nineties, and uh, you know, uh, essentially, with the the pirate radio thing in Ireland was the biggest single expansion of consciousness and the most advanced English language broadcasting that ha there has been for for decades. 
the kind of broadcasting, the kind of creativity, the kind of ingenuity, the kind of inventiveness, the style, quality, 24-hour FM radio, you didn't have it in Britain. You had these crappy little local stations which were unbearable to listen to. The worst form of broadcasting you've ever heard came out of ILR, Independent Local Radio. The crappiest, most night awful crap you could ever hear. And it was because of a second wave of pirate stations on land in the 1970s uh, and the 1980s, which eventually in 1988, December 88, uh, Britain decided to allocate 10 new radio stations. Wow. And uh, one of those stations, actually, that got on air was KISS FM 100, KISS 100. That, that was the one that was, oh, we, we've just got one little frequency left. We'll allow you to prod. There was such a row that they hadn't given it a license. And the guys who gave put their transmitters on in London, I was meeting with and talking with. And I gave them the KISS FM jingles from my KISS FM in uh, in Ireland. I mean, the... the, the the, the only reason there was a KISS FM in Ireland was because there was a production company called Jams Creative Productions. Jams. And they did all the best jingles. And then there was another one called Pams. And those jingles were the things which were on the main source of jingles on, on, on radio uh, in, in the 1960s, 50s and 60s. And on Radio 1, Radio 2 and things like that. Uh, and those jingles, uh, there was a package as they sent out as a generic package as the style of jingle package they would send out and they were a, a station in los angeles called k-i-i-s fm uh west of the mississippi all the stations start with a k east of the mississippi all the stations start with a w and north of the border in canada they all start with a c in terms of station identification so there was a kiss fm package for free you could say right here they are so uh there was a brilliant station in Dublin called Kiss FM run by Chris Carey, uh, who founded Radio Nova, which is one of the finest broadcasting stations ever to broadcast with some of the finest broadcasters, a lot of them for Radio Caroline, Radio Nordsea International. And of course, in the mid 1980s, Radio Caroline completely exploded back on the radio waves. There's another station called Laser 558. Again, these are Irish based stations that had to go out on a ship in the British Isles to transmit to England because the broadcasting regulations in England were so locked down and it didn't, we didn't really find out why broadcasting in this country is so heavily locked down. And it's even worse today. The thing is that today you think you've got a lot of choice, but you don't. And uh, we were just at a media on trial thing yesterday at, at, at Frome by the stop the war people in Frome. And, you know, there was a listing of fake news and they listed something like 20 to 30 major news stories, which mainstream radio and television uh, have been pushing forward as news. And all of them are 100% fake and lies. You know, going right back to the Gulf of Tolkien incident and things like that. And then the most recent things today, you know, recent, in recent weeks, fake news, lies, deceit and damn lies and that's what mainstream media gives you in today's world so anyway i set up some pirate stations i was running around i was in the bbc and it's in a book but there's a brilliant guy in northern ireland called terry hooley 
And about two years ago, there's a brilliant film made about this guy who founded Good Vibrations Records in Belfast, and he was the guy who gave the undertones their contract, and uh, that John Peel on Radio One played twice. And uh, so that's the guy. That, that guy broadcast from my bedroom in my flat in Belfast while I worked for the BBC. So while I was working for the BBC in Belfast from 1983 to 1988, I was running a pirate station from my bedroom called B96 Belfast Pirate Radio. And I had Terry Hooley in my bedroom doing a reggae show. And in order to illustrate that I had nothing to do with this pirate broadcast signal, I was forced to go to the BBC club and drink copious pints of Guinness so that people could see me in the BBC club drinking copious pints of Guinness because there's no way I could possibly be running a pirate station if I was in the BBC club drinking copious pints of Guinness. And that is the kind of dedication that I have to independent broadcasting and free thought in this country by forcing. That's truly suffering for my art. The radio. I was just going to ask you on the radio, actually. What, you know, it's particularly like, um, like you said, like, you know, the uh, the communication side of it between what's going on with the UFO f- phenomenon and, the, the you know, and the... And the whether that's regarded to the, the blockage of radio signal and all the rest of it, but what what was the connection between the radio and uh, what, or what what you perceived to be the connection between the radio and the UFO phenomenon? Well, um, th- that's a very good question, but to put it in context, one of the first uses of the Telstar satellite, uh, and since mo- nobody knows who the hell that is, the Telstar satellite was basically the first effective and sustained transatlantic uh, communication satellite launched in the early 1960s. And there's a there's a there's a there's a record, you know, Telstar. It's a, it's an instrumental. If you look it up, it's one of these sort of space agey type things with done by a synthesizer. Way you know, really early 1960s synthesizer. Um, Sorry, I'll just I'll just mute. Hold on. So the one of the first uses of that, and this should this should essentially, if 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 people can actually add one and one here, one of the first uses of that satellite was the transmission of brain waves, brain waves from England to the United States. Something was then done to those brain waves and then sent back on a satellite and uh, received here in, in, in Britain. Now, you have to ask yourself, what the hell are they doing with human brain waves transmitting them on a satellite and seeing what happens when they come back? Mm. Is this, you know, is this the general public or is this like a, you know, like a remote viewing type? Situation. No, this is this is just simply taking brainwave signals and transmitting them on the satellite and receiving them back here, turning them around in the states. So why are they transmitting brainwaves on a bloody satellite? People, you know, start to think. People have got to really start thinking because we are in such serious trouble. And I mean, at this meeting last night with the stop the war thing, people are in such a completely naive way of thinking and I'll, if you look at if, uh, 
putting it in plain sight right in front of your eyes, there was this term that the MOD would give. If you ask about UFOs, the, the status was they are of no defense significance. Yeah, still is. So a lot of people then say, oh, no defense, no nothing. No, think this through. And people, if they've got to start getting into a mindset where you don't get direct answers to direct questions, you've got to think. And one of the best films which has been made in recent times by uh, a guy called John Lundberg, who's an MI5 agent exposed by uh, Richard Tricky Dicky D. Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and another, uh, there's another guy here I keep forgetting, but they made a very, they wrote a very good book called The Mirage Man. Now, a lot of ufology people who've got their head up their arse and can't see you know, the sky for their own stupidity, and I'm being blunt here, yeah. and I'm also being very kind. <laughs> they cannot see what the hell's going on. That film, that book, illustrated there is no conspiracy happening here. There are no UFOs. But it is a government conspiracy, and we're doing it right in your face. Mm. Um, now, the point is that the film is an excellent film because it illustrates the degree of doublespeak, lies, deceit, disinformation, the the conning of various people, the use of people. Um, uh, there are there are uh, there's a very good phrase which I'm not too sure if I've got it. It's the uh, it's not the noisy negatives. That's that's the one from Sanford Friedman. It's the other. It's the complete opposite of that. It's the use of people like me. And I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to say I'm sure I haven't been used. But a lot of people where they use the. Uh, there's a very good phrase. It's very insulting, where they use us to get things out. Yeah. Uh, and then they just sit back and watch, and and then sit back and self congratulate themselves. We're dealing with a real bunch of sons of bitches here. Mm. contemptible little shits who think they're God's gift, who are playing very insidious games with the consciousness of the public and then sit back and laugh amongst themselves and how wonderful they are. They are the shittiest little sons of bitches on the planet because they themselves are deceitful, lying, scheming little shits who are so into their own egos, they themselves are being used and they're being used by an extremely serious and dangerous predator. Mm. So people have got to get behind two fundamentally important books in order to basically start figuring out what's going on. The first book is a book written by a brilliant man, the late Andrew Power, and it's called Ireland Land of the Pharaohs. Okay. Now that book, uh, Ben Elman Jones has realized the importance of that book. I knew Andrew Power very well. He was a really decent man. He died about five or six years ago. And that book is only available online as a PDF. And it's only there illegally because in confidence, he lent, he, he sent a PDF version of his book to an individual who then leaked it all over the bloody internet. Nah. There were only a thousand copies ever printed. I've got one of them. And Crucially, it is about the origins of humanity re-emerging from these islands of the British Isles, not from the Middle East, which is a total lie, mm. but as 
the name suggests Ireland, land of the pharaohs, that there was a close link between those who survived a huge catastrophe and restarted civilization in conjunction with those who had survived under Giza. The Giza Plateau is a survival city built in order to survive a terrible catastrophe. And though they people emerged from there, uh, and they emerged from the islands off the coast of Europe, which at that time were much larger and much fewer. In other words, the sea levels hadn't quite risen. Mm-hmm. Does this and include, just out of interest, sorry, does this include High Brazil? High Brazil, now you've, this is really important. High Brazil is related to whatever catastrophe happened and something utterly catastrophic happened. Mm. Uh, High Brazil, as it turns out, is a, is part of a series of other islands, which I understand go as far north as Scotland, and they physically reappear in reality for a brief period of time and then phase out of existence. Yeah, in a cloud of it's mist. It's not a case. It's not a case of, and they are linked to what to what hap, seems to happen in the Bermuda Triangle. Since we're talking about that, uh, one of the key people at my conference in, in September. Uh, the Ireland Awakens Conference, is Eamon Ansborough, and he's done key work on major UFO events which happened in the southwest of Ireland uh, in the early 90s. And also he's done research on High Brazil. Essentially, it would appear that reality itself, there's a version of reality out of phase with our existence and sometimes comes into phase and appears physically and it's there and you can see it. Spinning fast forward to the Bentwaters incident, uh, there was a NASA emergency recovery team based at the Bentwaters uh, base, the Woodbridge Bentwaters base. They only ever had one active mission in their – they obviously had lots of practice missions and things, but their only active mission was to go from – east of England and why were they called out has to be the question to rescue a ship in distress way off the southwest corner of Cork in Ireland Hmm. now information has reached me that there's a region of sea out there which is as classified as Area 51 Okay. there's a place out there where things happen which is why that team who had certain clearances had to leave Rendlesham, the Bentward is as far east as you can get to travel as far west as you can get. There's nobody else in the British Isles who were allowed to get anywhere near that, uh, that, that ship. And they were out there to rescue some kind of ship in distress before they were actually uh, disbanded because, uh, well, the space program finished, you know, with the shuttle and all that. Mm. But uh, and the, the Rendlesham, the, the Bentwaters, uh, the Woodbridge runway was a potential landing site for a shuttle as I understand the land the landing uh, the, the runway at uh, Macrahanish so you know there's a big the, uh, connection as well. yeah there's a huge there's a huge connection with major events out to sea off the west coast of Ireland mm. now I took a trip to Cork from Wales and there was graffiti in the ship there was an 11 hour thing so you're walking about for a long time uh, there was uh, some graffiti in, on that ship, and I just happened to see it. And again, I'm using the 
term which implies a not coincidental coincidence. Yeah. Where the graffiti stated the secret to UFOs lies in Cork Harbor. Uh, okay. Very intriguing. Now, and obviously, like you say, you was meant to see that. Something. Now, it just so happens that the top DJ on 96FM in, in Cork, which is a very successful, one of the very successful stations which emerged after the 1980s, after they closed all the pirates down, well, most of them, because mine stayed on or came back on, uh, is a guy called Nick Richards. And Nick Richards is one of the, was one of the key disc jockeys on Radio Caroline. Now, Radio Caroline's been going a long time, so there's lots of DJs have been on that. But uh, Nick Richards was also the breakfast DJ on my pirate station, Kiss FM 103.7 out of Monaghan. And Nick Richards has also been to Bentwaters. And Nick Richards has told me he remembers going to the base and he remembers leaving the base. He doesn't remember what happened on the base. So here we have a key disc jockey who's the AM, who's the FM, that's AM drive, that's breakfast DJ, uh, for one of the longest shifts ever, uh, for like 15 years now on 96 FM in Cork. And he's got a major connection with Radio Caroline, which was built in Carlingford Lock, which is a major UFO region, right opposite the Lake District, which is a massive UFO base in the, in the Lake District. And they've got big spiders in there surrounded by nuclear power stations. And there's loads of UFO stuff going on up there. Major abductions of whole populations up there. So there's an awful lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I wanted to touch on some of those um, abductions, you know, multiple people at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, one of the things which uh, Eamon Ansberg did do some research on, well, there was in the early 1990s these huge motherships coming out of the the sea uh, at Bantry Bay, southwest Cork. Huge things coming out of the sea. Uh, and there were there were triple obs- observations of the motherships coming in, of the actual abductee in, in in their house being taken, and they got we got the report they got the report from that, they got the report of the mothership delivering a a uh, small craft which came down and did the abduction. The mothership then flew off, and then there's the pickup mothership. A different ship came in and picked up the abduction craft. So there's a whole there's a whole pile of multiple observations of one of one series of events all confirmed and Eamon was involved with that kind of thing this is highly highly involved stuff with Mm. the secret services so I go back to the point it's of no defense significance because they're totally 150% involved with multiple ET uh, types in bases in all sorts of scenarios and have been for centuries now, the point about the two books I'm talking about is one was Iron and Land of the Pharaohs, which solidly connects the British Isles. We're only called the British Isles because of Brittany in France, okay? Mm-hmm. The original, one of the original early names that are, what we now call Ireland was Scotia, which is an Egyptian princess, the daughter of one of the Egyptian pharaohs, and she's buried in Ireland. So we have solid connections with the ancient civilizations in the in the islands and something has wanted to ensure that those genetically connected with the british isles never woke up there have been many occasions 
over the th- thousands of years to make sure that the original populations with the knowledge of the ancient past, with that DNA, were either subjugated, wiped out or neutralized or prevented from actually realizing they've got anything going. And that is why the Basis Prof- Conference in September in South Dublin on the 15th to the 18th of September is called Ireland Awakens. And mm. Ireland started to awaken in the 1960s. And that is when Van Morrison has come into the picture. Van Morrison, if you listen to Van Morrison's songs, the spirituality and the, the conceptuality of his lyrics in the 1960s illustrates a wake-up. That because Ireland, I had no idea that Belfast was such a cosmopolitan, forward-thinking place until I read it in Terry Hooley's book. Again, Terry Hooley uh, was made into a, a film by, by the BBC, and, and it's available as DVD, and it illustrates uh, a, a level. His book, I'm in that book. There's actually more written about me in the book. It's, it's only a, a two paragraphs than there is on John Lennon. John Lennon showed Terry Hooley uh, a whole garage full of uh, uh, of weapons for the IRA in Notting Hill. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's mm. all in the book. But... Um, the point is that Ireland started to wake up in the 1960s. The IRA was then reinvented by MI6, which has actually got a German into secret intelligence mm. infiltration. And uh, then the troubles were started because they needed to keep the Irish fighting so they wouldn't wake up and figure out what the hell's going on. And that process started to happen. That's why those pirate stations were so important and why Radio Caroline was such a threat to the broadcasting institutions here because that rust bucket of an AM radio station had legislation passed in the British Telecom Privatization Bill in 1988-89, thanks to Mr. Thatcher, which brought out such draconian legislation that if you were a pirate ship and you were broadcasting, you would face heavier penalties than if you were smuggling guns mm. or you were smuggling drugs. Yeah. And anybody who assisted them, and ultimately something was so dangerous about Radio Caroline in terms of the powers that be who are, are the predatory powers which are enslaving us. The, the British could not have that radio station raided by them directly. They had to get it done by the, by the Dutch. Hmm. And there's a whole esoteric reason for that, that they didn't go ahead and do that. Because if they went ahead and directly raided the station the penalties they would incur would be so severe it would practically destroy them. And that is something called the intelligence transfer sequence, which we discovered in Ireland, that all the governments that ever raided the pirate stations without without exception would, would be deleted, would go. And there's a famous case of a man called John Stonehouse, who was Minister of Communications, Posts and Telegraphs, as they called it in the 1970s, early 70s. He jammed Radio Caroline when it was on a radio ship uh, temporarily called Radio Nazi International. And that was the first time that the youth vote, uh, I think they brought the vote to voting age down to 18, and that wiped out the Labour government. Mm. And Edward Heath came in on that. Now, that's the, the, we don't want to go into all that you know. no. <laughs> but the point was that if you jammed or you took action against those pirate stations you were out of it your government would go and that consistently happened in Ireland when they raided the stations so there was some extremely supreme force 
which scared these people, these creatures which are enslaving us, otherwise known as the predator. And then the, that information is in a book by a British military soldier, uh, a special forces, a very special forces military soldier called John Irwin with a yeah. U. And yeah. the second book you need to read is his book called One Step Beyond the Sixteen. Yeah, now, I he, find his case absolutely fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the point about he he his situation is one step beyond refers to one step beyond death. Mm. So we're talking 1957 here, and spinning forward right to the present day. That's exactly what happened to Max Spears. Mm. Max Spears, the so-called super soldier was taken beyond death and back again, reanimated and then displayed for sale as a as a trophy, as a commodity. But he ultimately uh, got away in the end and that is why that sale was suddenly not and void. And this is why we have wars on this planet. Hmm. But who's, who's doing this, uh, you know, this one step beyond? Who is it? Well, this is the whole point. The whole point of John Irwin in 1957 was educated in a British military secret elite group. And he, and he, he came forward and wrote this book and, um, called the 16. There's, there's several versions of it out, but you really do need to get hold of him. His recent, most recent book is full of color pictures and things. It's a really great book. In that book, you've got flying saucers. Yeah. In that book, you've got special forces. But crucially, we, all of us, all human beings on this planet are extraterrestrial. We are being brought here a long time ago in different batches, in different versions. The first versions to arrive here, and we lived at the time of the dinosaurs, uh, and at that time, they were uh, the, the hominid bioframe, the physical body um, that we use here in this reality in this version of space, we call it 3D, hmm. uh, are with us to this day. They're called a Sasquatch or the Bigfoot or the abominable snowman. And they live with the full psychic senses, 15 yep. senses, 15 senses. If you, if you read the book Ingo Swan by Ingo Swan, the book Penetration by Ingo Swan, which is a very rare book to get, it's can change hands for hundreds of pounds. That book, Ingo Swan, one of the most important uh, publicly known remote viewers in the American um, uh, spy, you know, psychic warfare program, uh, he discusses 15 senses. Now, what the Sasquatch have is they have the ability to switch between eight dimensions on this 3D space. And a lot of humans can do that, but they don't realize it particularly mm. women, which is why women have had to be suppressed by this predator, which is what um, uh, Irwin discusses. Now, he calls them essentially derivatives of the Nephilim. Mm. There are various uh, types of ET which came here, uh, to, and they shouldn't be here. They're, vi they're in violation of, uh, of universal law which we are acquiescing to, which when we allow these things to do these kind of wars, but I don't want to get too complicated. The point is that the first versions of hominids here 
were big hairy feckers who, with reddish hair who literally had to survive in the environment give, left here by whoever left us here. And they hunted dinosaurs and dinosaurs hunted them. And there's a very good book called Forbidden Archaeology where there's an account of humanoid footprints in the same rock strata uh, as dinosaur footprints. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. And the, that was a, there was a very good documentary involving Charlton Heston made about this in the early 1990s, which actually showed all this. And, uh, subsequently the book Forbidden Archaeology was, 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 um, was created. And essentially Forbidden Archaeology illustrates that we had a much higher level of civilization here in the past. And that was severely compromised by something. Uh, and that something happens time on a cyclical um, some kind of cyclical event and that is what Peter Paget, former MI6 agent who's no uh, innocent uh, you know happy happy slapping land you know and he gave a lot of this information out at the Warminster thing uh, in uh, 2015 and I was asked to record that and I did I put it out on basis it's all up there I think it's basis what the hell number it is but Peter Paget's, uh, and then he subsequently has been speaking at Kerry Cassidy's, uh, and my conferences, and he'll be speaking at High Elms Manor along with me and, uh, uh, Tony Topping and, um, Simon Parks and Kerry Cassidy at the Awaken Aware conference in High Elms Manor, 24th and 25th of June, uh, this, uh, in this month. Now the, the point about Peter Paget is that it's fair game that he has probably done a few things that he would uh, probably... He's a bloody British agent. He's done some things. They don't all sit around, you know, having having uh, gin and tonics and saying, hooray, Henry. They're, they're right there. They're agents. They've done work. They've probably done some pretty nasty stuff. And uh, probably, you know, don't be surprised if there's a few things out there which are pretty bad. And like a lot of people who then start talking, there is a considerable effort to discredit them and there's a huge row uh, between Matthew Williams and, um, again, Matthew Williams is a, is a former research colleague, and there was a very seriously compromising article about um, uh, Peter Paget in the Daily Mail. And Peter Paget answered those uh, comments at my conference last year uh, in Pusey, and he's answered them uh, at uh, Kerry Cassidy's conference last year. So he's faced those criticisms down, which quite you know quite legitimately Matthew Williams is, is you know says look hey hello what's what about this and there's a very good uh, exchange of emails between Peter Paget and Matthew Williams and I mean they're, they're they're both grown up you know they're both no you know no no sort of innocence between necessarily and they've had a right bloody raw about this and that's fair game so I mean the the people need to know about that I mean I, I put this stuff out on bases. I, 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 but I'm making it very clear that you've got to look at these things and, you know... Connect the dots. Connect the dots. And, you, n again, nothing yeah. in this should be taken necessarily at face value. Mm. And I underline, do not believe anything on this. You do not blindly accept anything. And I mean do not believe anything. Take it. Look at it. Check it out. Put it on a shelf in your mind somewhere. But don't just blindly believe any of this stuff. It's no. not direct. 
something will be said which will refer to something else over there which you can connect something here and then you can join something and then you get a different angle completely in what's necessarily being said this is very important this um which is you know which is quite intrigued me to this, this sasquatch um, for, you know part of this all obviously they didn't get themselves here did they i guess no, they were left they were, they, they were brought they, here see, yeah? this is the point and this is why one of the reasons I interviewed uh, Michael Aquino, who's a, been a former chief psychological officer for U.S. Uh, 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 for the U.S. Army Intelligence, I think it's U.S. It's he's a, and he's he's no no uh, innocent, sweet little rose. You know, you're talking yeah, yeah. U.S. military psychological operations officer uh, with a with a with a license to kill. You know, a James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we're yeah. not talking little sweet cherries here and make absolutely no mistake about it. Uh, these people are, you know, in you know, this is bloody sheer war we're dealing with. Now, the fact that you've got a chief psychological officer dealing with uh, energetic intelligence out of 3D should alarm people. And you've got to start paying attention here. You've got other intelligences which are not in 3D, the very building block of the human body, the body that we live in, is a mathematically crystallized type of energetic uh, image, a foci of energy nodes, and that's what our bodies are, and they are derived from an energy signature outside 3D space-time. Mm. Okay, so we we do not exist here in 3D as such. We exist as an energy expression in another energy realm, which is not visible because it's not in 3D. Okay, our bodies are changing and and changing continually, and they change to a map or a blueprint, which is an energetic signature outside the existence of what we are accustomed to see in 3D. Our optical senses are looking at energetic packets of energy called photons, which if they are not in the same energetic package that our nerves will then respond to, we don't see anything. But that doesn't mean nothing's there. Yeah, no. So there's a whole realm of, and this is why uh, when John Irwin is taken beyond death, so what? It means you're dealing with the energetic existence that his being is and working in a different realm. And when you've got a chief psychological officer for U.S. military intelligence uh, talking about this kind of stuff, that means they have weaponized and are weaponizing external to 3D space. Hmm. So the war only affects us down here in so-called 3D. And this is this expression, as above, so below. Okay, yeah. So when you've got a series of activities happening, it's like a 3D, putting it crudely, it's like a 3D chess game. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not 3D because this is one of the cons, which, which BBC Science, when they talk about Einstein, Einstein, that once they mention Einstein, they're talking bullshit and they're talking lies. Okay. <laughs> because what they want you to get focused on and keep your perspective on is 3D space with linear time, which is bollocks. 
Does the mathematics, science... I think mathematics allows for uh, 11 dimensions. Yeah, well, the mathematics can allow for any sort of dimension, but it's not a dimension. A dimension is a thing that you see on a piece of paper, which is a 2D expression. Mm. Dimension 1 is the X, dimension 2 is the Y. And then what they do is, in order to extrapolate that into 3D, they call it Z, the second, the, the, and they call it at 90 degrees. So then your whole perspective is immediately looking at things which are 90 degrees, and then they extrapolate that out into a, the, the Tesseract, which is a hypercube. Hmm. It's not like that. To put things in a simple way, one of the major recent films which has gone way over the head of most people is the film Jupiter Rising. Now, that's a very good film which gets a lot of concepts across in a, in a very short period of time. These ETs or the greys and things which come into people's homes, they don't come in a bloody spaceship. They just come through like 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 emerging through uh, 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 like a mirror. They just shoot. They just yeah. arrive. Their focal intensity of energetics is focused into this realm. One of the worst, one of the key distortions which which astronomers look at the universe with is through a bloody lens. Mm. What is a lens? It's a piece of glass or a mirror which focuses two-dimensional light and then they're restricting it to electromagnetic waves which are light waves. And then they, they shift that a little bit more and they, again they have a two-dimensional device called dish an antenna, the, you know, these big bloody parabo parabolic dishes, that's again a 2D of obs observational device. So mm. they're not going to see hyper hyperspace. And no. one of the key people at the conference, Eamon Ansborough, is talking hyperspatial, uh, and again, that's probably an incorrect term, communication. He's talking about scalar energetics, scalar waves, are not vector waves. A vector wave is a light wave, is a radio wave. Sorry, it's the other way around. Light waves, radio waves are vector waves because they've got two enfolded energetic expressions. One is called an, electro, an electrical expression. The other is called a magnetic expression. And they're locked at 90 degrees to each other. And they're rotating and spinning around relative to each other. Uh, and that's called a light wave or a radio wave. That's called an electromagnetic wave. And electromagnetic waves, when they travel through the dense energetic structure of what we call 3D, or in the old days, they, you know, they, they refer to this as the ether. Yeah. Right? Now, the point about this is an electromagnetic wave within those set of circumstances and within the force fields of the so-called energetics of what we call 3D, which is a series of wave fronts of foci of energy, uh, that has a constant, not a limit, but a constant of what we call the speed of light. Hmm. Longitudinal waves, and this is where you've got to pick up the works of Tom Bearden, and there's a brilliant man in England who was interviewed by Kerry Cassidy quite recently, who's verbalized this very well. I, I'm not sure of his name, but he's um, he's a northerner, and he's a, he's got an engineering understanding, and he is the first English-speaking person in the last 25 years to pick up on Tom Bearden's work, which is go back to the way in the 1980s. Tom Bearden is another uh, U.S. military guy uh, who's, who verbalizes and describes the energetics of Maxwell's equations 
on how they were gerrymandered by industrialists, i.e. these predators, way back in the 19th, the 19th century, so that we would not properly discover uh, how to generate electricity uh, and energy and the use of gravity in space-time. But as long ago as the 1930s, have you heard of the thing called the Mandela Effect? Yeah. In the 1930s, this material was in the textbooks and was removed because it was, uh, for very good reasons, that they felt, uh, also for, for very nefarious reasons, they felt that to have this knowledge in the physics and to teach people that in universities in the 1930s, the ability to, quote, directly engineer space-time. That was in the physics in the 1930s. Now, they're using that kind of technology to mask the secret military bases, which are in plain sight. There's a great base, uh, secret alien base, between the M3 and the M4, about 20 miles outside London, uh, 20 miles outside the M25. Uh, and what happens is they've got the base cloaked to the extent that if you actually go to find the base in the forest, what happens is you actually go into the forest and then you end up where you started, but you don't actually know how you, where you started and where you finished mm -hmm. because they've got a distortion field there which basically puts a in-out, as soon as you enter it, you leave it. Yeah, uh, Busty Taylor was telling me something very similar, but, uh, probably yes. in the same location. He, he's saying that you can drive and you can actually cross this road uh, and come out on the other side, but there's no possible way you could have done that. Yes, and one of the major sing, uh, signatures, I mean, as I, I, I'm living here in Devizes, mm. and they play games here. They play games with me here because uh, I've taken – they know – they, they've actually come and met me. Actually, they got me to go and uh, uh, to Chair Hill, the monument up there, uh, and I wanted to take pictures there anyway. Anyway, these other co colleagues joined me, and uh, they weren't. Well, I don't know why I call them colleagues. <laughs> that was a bit of a slip. Uh, they were obviously military and civilian. You know, when you're in military <laughs> office, and they just happened to turn up in the car at exactly the time I turned up. And they, they 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 had this little phrase saying he's even bought he's even bought a he's even brought a bloody tripod. Yeah. But I wanted to actually film a basis update, and it's on one of my basis updates. And seconds, literally, we both arrived at exactly the right time. So they did a thing called Voice to Skull, which Kieran Lee Perrin talks about, one of the super soldiers, and that was them actually actioning my intention and getting me. To, to get there exactly at the right time so they knew exactly when it was coming. Now, that's, does, that, does, does that not worry you, though? No, don't get worried. No? Don't get worried. Oh, they're going to get into my mind. Oh, my God, how am I going to... Oh, my, oh I'm going to be... No, don't be afraid. Just deal with it. Right? The is one that, thing you should you never got, be... Have you, do you believe you've got full control, though? Um, we believe... it. it, it within... I, no, we, we are. Nobody has full control. No, we are being controlled by all sorts of subtle things. And Darren Brown, you know, he he shows this very well, cocky little oh, bastard. Yeah, he's a master. He, he, he's a very. We are constantly influenced by all sorts of things which control us because our brains, uh, our consciousness, works on so little actual uh, uh, information. Because otherwise, it was 
just have to bloody do. I think I'll wake up and really switch itself on. We we constantly walk, you know, we can walk, when well, most of us walk around in our sleep, we do the same process every day. We sort of pick things up and sort of walk around a bit of a daze. Uh, and that's, that's how, that's how MPEG encoding works. It's how J, you know, MP, MP3 works, how color TV works. A lot of the basic coding, I mean, if you were an alien and you listened to the kind of signal that we listen to and we call sound, it's so grotesquely distorted. It's only designed for our minds uh, to sort of pick up on that because it's mathematically designed to provide as little information as possible so that our heads can still hear it and they don't have to transmit so much information. I mean, that's the basis of color television. Color television was designed in such a way very cleverly in the analog days to provide so little information for the color that they could still transmit a full-colored picture within the same bandwidth as the original black-and-white picture. So going back to that situation, they were able to still take the same bandwidth for BBC One television in black-and-white and stick color in it. Now, how the hell did they do that? There was a lot of clever mathematics to do that. And we were able to sit there with the same color TV or the same black or black and white TV, and you didn't have to change your TVs. Because there's no way that people were going to buy a separate color TV that couldn't then receive black and white TV. So, so yeah, I mean, that, that was a sense, way. Yeah. But that was because our optical perception of color and detail and how we see things is so poor that we are able to sit and watch a 100-line TV and see a picture on our minds that sees this horrendous, fuzzy thing, and we we get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah, yeah. the same goes for, you know, MP3 or all this other stuff. You know, th- there's so little information there. If you look at Skype's classic example, if you move, a lot of people say, hi, and wave their hands, and then a picture breaks up and you don't see a bloody thing. Mm. Because hands have got fingers, which represents fine detail. You then move them around, so suddenly you're transmitting an awful lot of fine detail through a very limited bandwidth on a Skype transmission, which is coming through a lot of people's telephone wires. That was the same pair of wires that they used in the 1950s or, or 1920s to have a te- to receive telephone voice message. That's the same pair of wires. Mm. Yet, you know, we by using clever coding, you've got broadband bloody internet coming through the damn thing. Same pair of wires. Mm. Okay, there's fiber optics somewhere up the road, but, you know. Uh, so it's down to our perceptions and therefore how we can be fooled and how we can be made to do things. And that is one of the things, because they can do that, they're able to do a whole lot of things which are disingenuous and a predator takes full advantage of it and they're taking full advantage. I mean, the, YouTube is not there for our benefit. It is there so that we can put all the stuff on it that we want to, thinking we're in a free internet world, so that the artificial intelligence, the AI, can learn as much as it can so it can then for fully understand things when it really wants to overtly start taking full control. Mm. 
Yeah, I think um, yeah, Google got plans to do the same thing. I mean, um, YouTube's belongs to them now, anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the fundamental aspects of the mathematics of the digital signal used in computers is a Trojan signal. Hmm. The mathematics, uh, and I think Carol Kautz Vela has uh, best described this. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Jaman Sheridan from Dublin. John, is it what's his name? John Sheridan, even at the AVA. Not sure. Off top. Oh, uh, he's worked out there's a problem with its square digital signal. Yeah. So, so the fundamental. Aspects of computer technology, which Paget explained Roswell was a Trojan donation of technology by the predator. Irwin is talking about the predator. He calls them a Nephilim. These are creatures which have managed, these are grotesque, humanoid, ugly creatures who've managed to inhabit a, um, Human bioform and yeah, they, body, they yeah. yeah and I call it a bioform. A they still bi- have the ability to switch between, um, you know, visible and invisible or, or different realms, if you will. There's all there's all that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, I, and I don't want to start using trigger words because our language is so heavily triggered mm-hmm. with concepts that if you say certain things, people immediately start freaking out and prejudicial things start coming in. But the, the basic thing, and uh, Chris Thomas mentioned this, uh, who's a basis, another basis witness. He talks about the Velon. Velon is a collective term for a group of uh, old ETs, the Anunnaki, the uh, the Nephilim, this group of indi- who, who came to the energies in this region of space, which they favored that they could most use, and i.e. that's Earth, that's here. Hmm. In this solar system, the energetic structures here are 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 and um, Ava Zemanova refers to this region of space where we exist uh, as very dense. It's a very, very, um, a very highly densely packed uh, field of energetics, which is very difficult for life to exist in. So our existence here is is to essentially work that problem out for uh, the, high, uh, the other energetics of our so- so-called soul energies. So the fact that we can actually exist in these bodies and the, the higher energetics actually be fully contained in them and, and work here is an extremely r- rare set of circumstances, uh, so we understand. But um, there's, that's another thing. And uh, Joanne, uh, the lovely Joanne I used to work with, uh, at Amash was to get those witness statements and Ava was one of them we visited her in Prague and uh, she originally contacted Barry King and to get the ball rolling on what the hell the basis thing's all about the basis project the basis uh, I got word uh, with uh, a guy about this guy um, from Lisa Williams who was part of uh, a very good brilliant very good research group called London UFO Studies run by Roy Lake, and Barry King was a researcher in that. We got word that he was talking about a base in Berkshire where they were making aliens. Mm. 
Now, this connects directly with the German uh, transhumanization technologies. An awful lot more information has come out on this. Uh, Barry King was the first to run those, with this, and he I actually helped photocopy a lot of his stuff uh, in the with his, uh, his his pamphlet he sent out. Um, and uh, that is when the stuff in the X Files started coming out. The X Files started to come out with this stuff after the British uh, Barry King data came out. So Barry King was the first person to talk about stuff, which subsequently we then found out about Dulcie, the Dulcie papers. And John Lear essentially wrote all that. He typed it all out. And he's uh, he's a friend of mine as well, insofar that me and my John Lear get on well on it. And we, he seemed to – I have a lot of time for John Lear. He's a He's good fun. And he'll have fun at your expense, and he's as sharp as the sharpest razor nail in 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 the, in the toolbox. Hmm. So he's, uh, he's done another batch of interviews with uh, Kerry Cassidy. I did a batch of interviews with him with Anna, my friend Anna Hess about five years ago, and Kerry did an early set of interviews with him uh, way back, I think about eight eight or nine years ago. But his his it was John Lear, uh, who's the son of. Uh, you know, it's a terrible describing it like this, but he's the son of the Learjet uh, Industries. Hmm. And um, it was John Lear who was there with Bob Lazar in March 1989, where the flying saucer at the Area 51 was first filmed and put on TV with George Knapp. And bingo, that was a modern UFO era born and so forth. That all spread from that time. And a lot of stuff happened in 1989 and 1988, including my massive pirate station, Kiss FM, which broke Matrix in Ireland. That was one of our primary. We cracked the Matrix. And that Matrix is described in detail by Andrew Power in his book, um, Land of Land, and Ireland Land of the Pharaohs. Hmm. So this base then, this Peasemore, is it the, uh, where these aliens were said to be made? Who, right. who, who the, the, do we know is making them? Uh, Are they replicating crucial, themselves? Or no, this, no. Are we crucially, with them? this is the predatory uh, individuals who, through going back to the Prussian Empire, started to mech- get a, adopt a, a higher level of control in terms of controlling and weaponizing uh uh, things so things would obey them and 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 i.e. armies mm. uh, and this is filtered into the education system. De facto, we did not win World War II. The Germans did, uh, and that is what John Shrimpton uh, or Michael Shrimpton, sorry, uh, goes into a lot of detail about. Uh, he's putting a lot of meat on those bones, but essentially Barry King's father, he was working for British intelligence militarily. The German people lost the war. They were blown to hell and uh, the country decimated, right? So let's not make any bloody mistake about that. Mm-hmm. Now, subsequent information is that uh, General Eisenhower, uh, Lloyd George, and a number of key figures in history were actually agents for this very secret intelligence service by the DVD, the DV, the German intelligence service, which is connected directly with this predatorial um species and that's how we're multiply double conned and double crossed and treble backstabbed and and stabbed in the back and right and you know we're we're totally 
being conned here. Now, the, the thing about it is that the more of us wake up and start thinking, getting our heads together and using a little bit more than that, you know, I haven't woken up in the morning for a, a month type of an attitude of walking through, sleepwalking through life uh, attitude, that um, the bottom line is this is the initial physical emergence of the plan to remove all organic life from the planet. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That plan is in progress, and there was a program on uh, uh, Panorama only this week on the BBC talking about this. But what they were talking about was the idea of downloading your consciousness, which only exists in the electrical circuits of the brain, into a computer so you can walk around as a human, mimicking how a human walks and thinks and playing back a recording of somebody who walks and thinks and looks like a human is not being a human. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Just because it looks like it and can walk around and, you know, move about and say hello is not making it a human. And this is a fun, this is so important about the Michael Aquino interviews that I did that our energetics being is not here. It uses the brain as a mechanism for expressing itself through into 3D. But these nut brain scientists, and I refer specifically to the 2045 agenda. Have you heard of them? No. The 2045agenda.com is the in-your-face replacement of humans with cyborgs. Yeah, right. Within 10 years. Mm. Right? Now, what they're doing is Elon Musk, right? This is now. This is right now. Elon Musk, the Times newspaper, this is Barry King's stuff in your face, mainstream transhumanization. Listen, they have now interfaced without rejection uh, neurons with, uh, with, with electronics. And that's what the Germans were working on in the war to create, quote, strange looking humans. Is this why the aliens were working with the Germans then? Yes. Yeah. So the aliens, uh, so-called, uh, uh, aliens, so-called extra-dimensionals. Yeah, I was inner, say, inner obviously Earth there's got to be a, a trade-off between, uh, you know, you've got to be getting something out of it. So what do we perceive that they was getting out of it, you know, the Germans or, you know, whoever's working But the Germans aren't human. They are not from this dimensional existence. This uh, alien black goo that w- w- was being found in, in Falklands mm. is a fundamental life-creating source, which is not of the dynamic space-time energetics as the the black goo that the earth creates us oil is a black goo it's intelligent and sentient the black goo's in oil doesn't mean oil is the black goo but the mm. this is a fundamental building block which which in very 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 simple terms creates from the the mud as the jinn, the jinn look down on us uh, because we're made of mud. We're made of the material 3D building blocks mm. of atoms and minerals mm. we are solid, on the yeah. earth. Yeah. Okay, so that makes us solid. But that's one of the whole points of us being here in the first place. But without going into the too many things, the point about I told you about the 2D 90 degree digital signal is it's not compatible with this domain of existence. It's a Trojan technology. The point is that they were creating, trying to create cybernetic humans. And some of this is very well illustrated in the movies called the Outpost series. 
Have you seen those? No, I'm not aware of those. But these are those are scary as blazes. The yeah. outpost films are about this use of a German technology which kills these soldiers and sends them into a different time-space domain, and they reanimate hmm. under control. And that's exactly what they were talking about at the Peasmore base and the Boscombe Down base and the British bases in Berkshire and Wiltshire. The creation of animated, controllable life forms. That's the programmed, generated life forms. And they were using a grey alien uh, template to do that. Okay. Now, another British uh, witness who's just they're trying to kill is called Jonathan Allington. He's in Nottingham. And I interviewed him ab uh, about, this is what I call the coincidence man. And I don't want to go into the details of that. But al along with David Moncur, uh, who's been shot, and he'll be speaking, um, he's a brilliant Scottish researcher, he'll be speaking at bases on the 22nd of July uh, at the Black Swan Hotel. He's got a bullet in his neck hmm. that they can't operate on because if they do, it's 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 easy. It's safer to leave it in his neck, yeah. and that didn't rupture what was meant to. It would have killed him. He was shot at a at a, at a barbecue in uh, Ealing uh, about five years ago, and they, he's still there. He is aware of the spider technologies at Bent Waters and uh, and others at other parts. These big bloody octoform spider things. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I don't have much time. Uh, where are we? Uh, the point is that the Germans were using the concentration camps as a gene pool mm. to get various samples from different races so they, they could create a physical 3D being that could directly interface with the energetics of these other creatures. Because what happened was that when your bioenergetics of us and the bioenergetics of these other creatures came within range, they were incompatible, so both mutually short-circuited and wouldn't work wouldn't work hmm. when i interviewed bill uhuis who was a guy who did the avionics interface for the humans from the donated so-called et tech um that was a way back in 94 as basis two a lot of stuff's on basis two and basis one and a lot of people that's the key stuff bearing in mind that's over 25 all that time ago that yeah, yeah. The, the, the relative and it could have concept. been filmed yesterday, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, the relative concept of this is only coming into focus, and we are too—we are really urgently late on this. Mm. I've just got uh, just uh, trying to edit uh, an interview I did at AV8 with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend, and she's written a whole book about Lee Harvey Oswald, the Kennedy thing, two books, but she's written a book called a Cy about cyborgs, and. You're talking 3D spray printing flesh. Yeah. Cyborgs. This is really adv advanced stuff. Dr. Robert Duncan, when he spoke at, at bases again, this is we're talking about the complete removal of all organic life on this planet. They need total control of every thinking thing in a hive mind programming situation. And there's a company in Belfast called Puppet Labs. There's other companies about the mass control of computers. One of the key phrases that people have got to pick up on is mass particle optimization. Hmm. Mass particle optimization 
is a mathematical uh, computer uh, science or uh, to map and coordinate lots of random particles, i.e. us, hmm. um, in a coordinated and controllable manner, in the similar way that, for instance, a school, a, a school of fish, lots of fish react instantly together because they've got some kind of uh, communication which allows them to instantly react like uh, in, like in one particular form. Yeah. Now, in essence... Like a cloud, yeah. Yeah, in essence, a human being is mass particle optimization. It's a whole pile of separate cells, all brilliantly coordinated, all stuck together, and forming it a human a human being. Well, that's what the mass particle optimization is called life. Mm. Uh, but what they want to do is... Um, by having these computer systems, computer systems, how many people understand that a computer is a consciousness interface device? Well, I would have thought not many. <laughs> have you played a video game? Yep. Have you played a simple video game on an old computer with your keyboard on a three inch or five inch, a five five point two five inch floppy disk? Oh yeah, yeah. Now, have you studied the effect that, that game has as you play those games with about 300 bloody kilobytes of data on it? Well, I mean, what do you mean like... Go back. Uh, go, don't go to a DOS emulator. Don't go to a Windows uh, 10 emulator. Go and get a 286 computer, stick a bloody disk in it, and play a video game with it. Hmm. Or if you're lucky, you might get a 386 computer. So mm -hmm. go and get an old computer, plug it in, put a computer game on it, and play it. And watch carefully what the computer is doing with your consciousness. Yeah, and you'll know. The you'll game know. will start to change. Its characteristics and ability to actually do things will change based on your consciousness. It will access you. And it mm. will not do it through the keyboard. It will do it by direct mind link. The computer is a consciousness interface device, and it's a Trojan alien technology, and we are walking right into oblivion here. Mm. So you think this is, what you know... Part of the advent rise in smartphones and things. You think this the is... whole smartphone stuff? That if you watch, go and go to online. They're telling us twenty forty five dot com. You've got these nutcase scientists holding an iPhone, saying, "Why do we need it in our hand when we can have it in our brain?" Yeah, yeah. We already have seventeen senses. We should have three D uh, a three strand DNA. We've got an atrophied third strand. We have been attacked over thousands of years. These creatures, the, the, the Sasquatch, these beings, they live 800 years. Mm. Our original lifetimes are 800 years. Whatever has happened here, we have had to have our lifetimes shortened considerably so we learn a lot more. We've been here before and Jonathan Allington presented information on an atrophied and very feeble little family of beings which lived in Birmingham. They actually died. They lived actually lived in, on the surface. These looked like greys. They were us. They said their message was they were designated Anne. The, the being was designated a name called Anne. 
And the message was, do not become like us. And right now, we're headed straight for that. And how long ago was this? Uh, about two years ago. Jonathan yeah. Allington has now been hit with two strokes, which are trying to kill him, as he tried to kill me uh, after I blew the whistle on the Max killing. Yeah, right, yeah. And to that extent, uh, Vanessa Bates, Max's uh, mother, will be speaking at the uh, Black Swan Inn in, uh, in Devizes on the 22nd. And that will be the only time people will have the opportunity to see and talk and have a chat with her and get, get, get round all this crap that's been on the internet about all this. Hmm. So you say there's this, you know, the one that's ultimately in control is this like predator, but are we talking about just one alien race that's got in, you know, the fundamental intentions are we talking there, about? I mean, Eric von Daniken has explained that we've had lots of wars here. Uh, our, our, the, one of the key things about the Michael Aquino interview is that we're not talking about the last three or 4,000 years. And a lot of triggers will go on as soon as you mention the relevant mind viruses, i.e. The, the so-called religions that we've got, which are controlling so many people today. Uh, I've been heavily criticized for talking to, to Michael Aquino because he's involved with the Temple of Set. The Temple of Set was involved with Kit trying to kill me twice last year. According mm. to Simon Parks and other people, four other sources, nobody told me I was going to drop dead, but I'm still here, I think. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I got poisoned by various t means or other. But the um, the key to, to to this is that um, oh, I have lost my bloody track. The, the 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 key to this is that these these wars happened, and Max Spears and James Casbolt both said it within a month independently. Um, that in the ancient wars which have happened over a long period of time, we lived it for a thousand years, so a thousand years, two thousand years is only two lifetimes for these people. Mm. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you go back to the, uh, you know, the pre-flood and post-flood, you know, just look at the the, ra the reigns of the kings, you see that. You see that there was living thousands of years, and then, yeah. and then you know, slowly it's gone down to what? We're living 100 years now. Well, 70, Although, 70 if years. you look at the logic to a dinosaur and the oh, size yeah, yeah. of a dinosaur and these three meter or higher humans, which were wiped out in America uh, only in the last few years, like mm -hmm. three or four hundred years ago, uh, and the cover up by the Smithsonian. I mean, there are these other bloody pictures of skeletons which are lunatic, but, uh, you, but the. Uh, um, again, that's disinformation, muddy the waters, uh, put mm -hmm. the truth in a barrel of lies yeah. and you get, you get confusion. You never find the truth again. Uh, the, uh, the, the whole point about, the whole point about this, I'm I don't want to lose my track again. The whole point about this is, um, that, um, we have a predator which is here amongst us, which is, uh, from those ancient wars. Casbolt and, uh, Max Spears uh, basically said the only way that war finished, which it hasn't finished, it seems to be continuing in our existence now, was that there was a thing called a vampire virus invented. And it's a vampire virus because it atrophied the living flesh of those beings to the extent that they could never uh, survive without taking the, the youth, the growing, the growing. This is why we have 
so many ritual killings of, of humans that the energy of our growing bodies, these children, is sucked from them by a process called ritual, various processes. There's a manual for doing it. Mm. Uh, so that that energy, and this is the whole point about Jimmy Savile, he's told, told us in plain sight, uh, a, a, a Mike, a Mark Devlin, I think it's Mark Devlin, uh, has a brilliant lecture on the music industry and the mind control intrinsically knitted within music. Uh, again, that's why those pirate stations were bad news because they decoded that and stripped the decoding and did something else in the music, which is why it was they had to be shut down by the elite, these creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the, uh, I'm sidestepping myself again. The point was that these creatures, their, their flesh around their cybernetic bodies physically cannot sustain itself because it's lost the connection with our energetic structures out of 3D. Yeah. So in order for them to survive in this subspace universe that we're in, whatever you want to call it, and again, I don't want to use too many incorrect terms, uh, that has to keep itself alive. It has to sustain it. And that energetics, that gated energy that creates the baby and fulfills the human body, all life here, growing, wonderful energy growing into 3D, plants growing out of the ground, everything, that growth, that energy, that energy has to be infused into them to physically survive. Stop the, stop the flow of kids and soul energetics, which is why these wars happen. Mass soul energetic extinctions and, and killings, soul harvesting. The soul energetics is sucked and killed. They have to have the wars to kill all these people and suffer and so forth. So you get this energetic. So these creatures survive. Stop that supply. These things disintegrate. Yeah, I suppose that, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of that is covered up using the pedophilia thing, which is, uh, you know, uh, they use it as a distraction to, to cover up. And I mean, one of the biggest secrets in plain sight for 30 years was Jimmy Savile in your face on television. Yeah. Yeah. And currently in the modern era, one of the greatest lies is the false flag, um, multiple lies and deceit in our media, which is why when David Icke's TV station was coming along, it was such a huge relief. But from the word go, as we now know, and I was trying to point out there at the time and was Mr. Mr. Uh, not flavor of the month, I was just I was so negative. Uh, in the in the people's voice, uh, it was blatant sabotage. You know, you know from the um, from the word go. And uh, but that that was a brilliant thing. It was a, a huge thing that we needed so much to have a totally independent uh, source of information and and transmission. And right now, the only source of independent information that you can depend on in any quality or form is Russia today? For Christ's yeah, sake, no, we yeah. got to depend on the damn Russians to That's... tell us. What's Ironic, going on? <laughs> and obviously, Russia today is going to have its agenda for, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, for Russia's interests. I mean, you don't, you can't blame them for having that. But at the moment, it suits the Russians to highlight the huge lies and falsifications in our media, which makes our media a little bit uncomfortable, you know, slightly. Mm. I'd, but, love to have, yeah. I'd love to have a media in this country that had well, we, interest we did, in that. We did, and that was the only reason that Murdoch's 
operation mm. was was pushed into working by the other things to make it happen. It was given special protection to an order that survived was so that we had those extra channels, which we would have the opportunity on this multi-channel satellite system that we have. That was the only reason so that we could have independent voice and have those other channels. And to be fair, Sky News were doing a pretty good job for a while. Uh, uh, and we got those documentaries out and I'm going to see if I can dig, dig them out. There's four or five documentaries which I was personally involved with on Sky News to give that independent voice. And those, those, when those shows went out, the ratings went through the roof for those shows. Uh, some of them survived today under different names. Uh, one very, very, very high quality group, a set of documentaries was made by a transmedia with a guy called, uh, Bruce Burgess, who, uh, I, I, was consulted in with them down in, in Soho, down in central London when they were planning those opera, those documentaries. They'd covered the Montauk project, Area 51. They did some of the finest. Bruce Burgess did the, some of the finest documentaries on that. Only one really got out there and it was sold to 50 countries and it was, uh, it was Dreamland, I think, when it went out on Sky and it was called, uh, Area 51 or something when it went out, uh, on the, on the, on the international market. There were three or four more. One was on uh, Montauk. The Montauk Project, who the hell's covered that? You know, mm. uh, and that, th- those those documentaries were bought, but never went out again on Sky. They finally went out on ITV about three years later in, in the dead spot in the middle of the afternoon because everybody was watching you know, sport on BBC or Sky. And that's when they were aired. And Bruce, I think his company went bankrupt on that. I don't know, but he did a hell of a good job. And I think in order to try and get himself back into the mainstream media and get himself some business, he had to do a rebuttal documentary, basically rebuking what he had said in the first documentary saying, Oh, it's all a load of whatever, you know. Okay. But those, those documentaries are right there if you see them. Bruce Burgess, pretty big guy, English, uh, going up to the uh, you know Area Fifty One. He did a, he did a really good job, but that's way back in the nineties, mid nineties. So, um, in closing, then, uh, uh, you know, what can people do, or is there anything to do to defend yourself against? The first thing to understand is that you have full control. You've got a whole sense of senses. So, for instance. Uh, I've been shopping with some girlfriends, right? I know that's probably, what is he talking about? Carefully noticing, now, most men, when they go shopping with their girlfriends or their lady friends, are bored to tears and look at the moon. Absolutely. (laughs) What you've got to be careful of is, a lot of the ladies I know are pretty switched on and, they will instantly transfer to the shop they want to be at to do their shopping. And they probably, and this is an effect I've noticed on several occasions. One of them even instantly teleported about half a mile across Kingston upon Thames to TK Maxx. One minute she was standing beside me and within half a second she'd gone. She'd actually gone across town to TK Maxx because that's where her focus of desire and intention was, I want to be at TK Maxx. Bingo, she was there. They've got the ability 
to 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 trans to trans to do these things. We've been uh, the whole point about the, uh, the 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 thing about Ireland was that there were rituals and battles created to shut down the permissions in the Irish because they had the ancient DNA connection with Egypt and the ancient times. Because if they awoke, they could shut down these pillocks, these nasty, nasty, nasty people, and we could wake up and switch on again. And that's still possible. That's happening now. And those children, those, uh, oh, at what Mary Rodwell calls, calls Homo noeticus, are waking up all across the world. These brilliant children, they know that we're all ET, they know our origins. Yeah, yeah. And, um, to put, to pull it very clearly, the so-called white races were the first arrivals, the so-called red-head type people, because that's what those Sasquatch had. Yep. They're and in the something for the first schools. arrivals. Um, as a consequence, the predator has only been able to use the original uh, so-called, so-called Caucasian uh, bioform, which is, again, a misnomer because we didn't come from Caucasia. We came from – we re-emerged from Egypt and the West – these islands here in the UK, this, these British Isles, that's a, a misnomer again to distract to where things didn't happen. Uh, then the other races that, that were brought here were the, were the Indian, the Indian races and their cultures talk about all of this in their Nirvana and all these, they're all in the cultures. They all know mm. about this. Uh, then the other arrivals were the Chinese, which is why they're a bit disturbed when they go back to their, ethnic origins, their original histories. Where do these red-headed mummies come from in the pyramids, which are in China? Yeah, and they don't exactly, want their people yeah. to know about it, so they go no. trees on them and, because it's before, yeah. it's before their arrival. Yeah. No, and so they were brought here. They find themselves here. And the final arrivals are the African tribes, the, the uh, Carib tribes. And it's very, very important that a lot of the targeted individual people are people who have got an African carob mix because they have got the memory they are the least damaged and the least they can remember because it's much more recent for those cultures that they remember their extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional origins and that the fact that they are not native to here and again the inversion that uh, they somehow the they all you know the blacks people are monkeys and they came from the monkeys, you know, obviously mm. you know, that, that's a, that, that whole uh, narrative that's been put into our culture is to poison us, to constantly turn ourselves against each other. Mm. We are all indigenous races from different parts of uh, other series of realms or worlds. And uh, we've got to maintain those cultures before they are destroyed, and right now we are being destroyed. We are we are destroying our cultures, and at the moment they've got this huge attack on Europe, which is to destroy the European cultures. Mm. And then everybody thinks it's it's all right for them to be wiped out because it's not going to happen to us. It's going to happen to you. Every single one of us are going to be taken down, wiped out, and the only things that will survive here will be a few humans because they've got the ability to to meta create to, to meta the meta gene the, the ability to create original thought and they need to farm us like in the day of the triffids the film the day of the triffids the book where the blind harness those who can see 
by those huge plants, those huge, that's very symbolic. So our children, the, the, uh, brilliant children that we've got, these new children, these, well, not new children, these brain box kids are so bored by the education and by the TV that we've got. They're bored out of their skulls that they become bored. So therefore we've, they could become hyperactive children. They're only hyperactive because they're genius children. And what do we do? We put drugs into them to speed their metabolic rate up, to tire them out so they quieten down. That's what we're doing. And we're doing it all across the planet. These children, the bottom line is that we've been creating uh, cybernetic test organisms in Boscombe Down, quote, for use on the lunar bases, these transgenic creatures which can survive out of space our bodies will not work outside the bioenergetic bubble of earth you put a body into a spaceship fly it out it's not the van allen belts which will radioactively you know hit you you will physically start to degrade and fall apart we didn't go to the moon we can't do it in a tin can spacecraft all of the types of trap transport are interdimensional types of technologies and the, and that's what john Ehrman's data banks were 9059 they got these ancient technological devices from our ancestors which gave us the ability to use interdimensional gate technology absolutely so who if anyone is fighting for our corner we have to fight for it we can't outsource it mm. well again we're given these new age baloney that the Nephilim will the, the Anunnaki will come down and save us and take us away into their spaceships we yeah, have not, got not a predator <laughs> it's abundantly clear the BBC in your face had a predatory uh, satanic ritual murderous man called Jimmy Savile and I take my hat off to Jimmy Savile I salute that man he told us in plain sight if anybody bothered to listen I am an animal. I will eat you if I have to. That's what he's telling you. And yeah. what are people doing? Oh, oh, he's a nice man. Jim will fix yeah. it. He's la he's laughing at us. If we don't wake up, we deserve to be extinct. And that's our future. Wake up or die. Finish. End of story. Well, on that uh, cherry note... <laughs> I think, uh. Well, it is a cheery note. Wake up, survive, go to sleep, terminate. Yeah. And the Terminator films are telling you that is plain sight as well. Cyborgs to coming here to wipe all humanity out. The first cyborg wars mm. will be starting imminently. They're training psychology training, uh, for staff in certain companies to actually deal with the cyborgs. The cyborgs, these robots are going to be, you know, be going to hotels and the robots are going to be uh, interfacing with them. These right. robots are hive mind controlled glo global things which will turn. That's what they're there for. That's what the computer systems are here that we're using all the time. It's in plain sight. Wake up, people, and smell the coffee. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this... Um integration of technology into humans i mean there's places in sweden where you can work in a factory now but you have to have a chip inserted in you just to get into the building yeah and people just you know, just go, it's, oh, yeah. it's in plain sight the 2045.com yeah. agenda is about replacing 
human beings with cyborgs are the one of the there's five stages that they they cannot get round the brain problem. Mm, that's definitely a way to make us all. And because and Elon Musk has got a that's Elon Musk founder of Pay, uh, of PayPal, the Tesla car company, and the um, and SpaceX has a company called Neurotech to interface without rejection. They've solved all that problem now. That's what the problem mm. the Germans are working on, rejection, the non-human cyborg units, the program-generated life forms, the, 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 prop, the, the puppet labs, uh, Project Mannequin, mm. I mean, I mean puppet, Project Puppet Master. These are in-your-face descriptions to tell you what's going to happen to you now. Now, I don't want that to happen, which is why I'm telling you about it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but God, Elon it's... Musk has got the technologies in the Times talking about this. is all over media. It's even in no, no, Norwegian Air. Norwegian Air. They're in their in-flight magazine. Oh yeah. What did it say in there? It's all about mind control puppet labs making people into cyborgs. I mean, this is in everyday language. Twenty-five years ago, when I started the Basis Project. You know, uh, you know, God, wow, you can't believe it. It's happening now in very, very short order. And now you've got the Mandela effect, which is projected, created reality using technology, which we knew about 100 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So when these, uh, I brought it up earlier and then never uh, asked the question, did I? But these mass um, abductions and what take place, are, are they looking for a uh, certain genetic or you know something within our dna well the, the other the other issue is we're dealing with multiple different types of ets and there's a hell of a bloody war going on some of this hardware is coming right down to earth now there was a major hit in the holborn tube station the uh the the the, 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 the time space field there started to fail and i wasn't the first person to notice it but shortly after that there was a major energy explosion in that region, which has resulted in massive underground fires in the cabling systems. 2,000 people had to be evacuated. That was a, an ET base in plain sight, mass abducting people in tube trains. Mm. The tube train would go into a different space-time bubble, bingo, everybody done whatever they're going to do. There's also, uh, I don't want to alarm people, you've got to be aware of this. Whole Caribbean ships, 1,000, maybe 2,000, two or 3,000 passengers on the ship being flash mind controlled, they're using the hull of the ship to pulse like a like a degaussing magnet. You're yeah. an imprint, uh, a, a mind mind uh, control uh, program into people's everybody in the ship, doing two or three thousand at a time. They're that desperate. And what are they, what are they looking for when they do this? Well, what happens is that you have hive mind controlled. Uh, this 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 so-called thing called gang stalking, but basically everybody's energy signature is like an IP address, and so the, the mechanism to control people is getting much more sophisticated. Uh, I mean these impl- these chips that are in a lot of the this is what the UCash and WorldCash and USA Cash the um, that's the people of the uh, uh, that's the European. Um, committee uh i think against uh the abuse of covert technologies um 
that uh, I mean, people are waking up to this in the form of these organizations, these targeted individuals, actual MRI scans of these things in people's heads. Now, it we have to be very clear that the interpretation of these MRI scans have to be properly interp- uh, given interpretation by qualified personnel. But when those personnel subsequently reverse their opinion because they've been got at, for instance, I say again, the Germans won the war. We have a national health service. The first national service all got together, so they had a database of all people in the British Isles. And the heel prick test, where oh, the yeah, DNA yeah. of both the mother and the baby are in one test. Again, that goes into it. Your medical records are then coded. You're, you're checked and, and so forth. Doctors see a code on your on your medical records, and you'll suddenly find nothing seems to happen anymore or certain things just don't work out that you know they don't want to know and a lot of the doctors are beginning to you know give the game away on that but again all the signatures are there kathy morgan's done a huge amount of work on it even one of the script writers for a certain bbc soap opera has worked out that the farming is is designed to demineralize and basically essentially no need for any food anymore mm-hmm. the, the planet is being engineered to not be viable for organic life within a very few years. I mean, that's pretty evident, isn't it? Even if you, even if you, you know, you didn't believe in the the alien aspect or any of any of these other things. I mean, that is self-evident, isn't it? I mean, you can see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's again, no species will harm its young. Yeah. No species will harm its young. There are circumstances where they will protect the young by so they don't fall into a predator's. Uh, thing but no species will harm its young we are letting our children be ma- be abused by institutions which we've outsourced our responsibilities to no yeah. so by definition those creatures which are harming our young must be alien they are not of our species that's your alien evidence in plain sight and these creatures are institutionally running the countries and the institutions. They are not human. They have no regard for anything. They call them the Goyim. You can do anything with the Goyim. All other species on Earth, they can do whatever they want to. They've got moral law for them. Mm. Well, I think... um, And I won't identify any further what that species is. I've told you enough. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I didn't, I didn't think he was going <laughs> to. But um, no, I think um, food and water, that's going to be the next control. Gold and oil. That, that's right what away, they're doing. So, this is, this yeah. is the point of the uh, of the diesel fumes. They, the diesel, that diesel scam, we knew about this in the 1930s. Again, they suppressed it. They then said, oh, you've got to have diesel cars. And then everybody gets diesel cars. And then, oh, you shouldn't have got diesel cars. Oh, yeah, well, because yeah. you've got diesel cars, we've got to have a special zone in the uh, in cities to, to make sure you've got clean air. The next will be clean air, clean water, and then there'll be zones where you'll, again, uh, this is exactly what uh, uh, Judith B- uh, Baker is talking about. You're going to have to pay to have clean air. You're going to have to pay yeah, not yeah. to have ads permanently wired into your visual cortex. You're going to have to pay to have a, a, not get dreams put into your mind at sleep and so forth. It's it, We are facing urgent and imminent mass extinction and those that are left will live in a terrible terrible world of total control by these creatures which 
I've only got one solution. Is uh, the the penalty? Chris Thomas told me what the penalty was for these creatures because they've broken universal law. They've got all the warnings. Is deletion from existence, mm. not put in purgatory or some kind of zone. Yeah, yeah. Removal from the expression disassembly, no existence at all. Mm, the news going to carry this out though. Well, everybody's got a boss. Mm. No matter who you are, or where you are, or what you are, there's somebody somewhere who can kick your ass, and that's mm. going to be what that is. But we cannot rely on that. We have to take responsibility. Yeah, because we haven't got a time frame for that. We don't know how long that's going to be. Well, they'll Might distort not. the time frame so it looks as if it's happening, which yeah. is why. Anyway, one thing after another. Anyway, there it is. Yeah, so that's basically the basis in a snapshot there, isn't it? Yes. You cover and pretty much everything. It's a transhumanization issue, and in 1994, 1993, when Barry King said they're not making, they're, they're making these things, they're making knockoffs of Greys in a base in Peasmore. Hmm. And a couple of years ago, when some friends of mine went up there to check it out, the good old TR-3B Alpha, the good old uh, man-made alien abduction craft, yeah. uh, just flew overhead and said, hi, guys. Yes, it's real. And then they went to the pub to have a few beers to to sort of settle down again. They had a one-hour abduction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely know if you're thinking about them. Now, the Peasmore base is like a lot of these things. It's old, I think. My gather, it's it's been um, dismantled or, you know. But uh, all, it's, yeah. all, it's all, you know. But multiple sources are confirming this has happened here in this country, and we have lost control of ourselves. It's time for us to gain control. That's it. Good night. <laughs> Great stuff. And I'll. Um, I'll oh yeah, I'll... bases conference uh, in July twenty second in um, in the um, where where Vanessa. Bates, the uh, the mother of the late Max Spears, will be talking. Unique mm. occasion. That'll be interesting. Uh, also, yeah. Dave Monker about the spider stuff in Bent Waters, Rendlesham, and the Lake District. Big spiders, big things. Ten, ten, feet, ten feet wide. And uh, are these machine? Well, you've got the diamond spider ones. You've got the scuttlers, which are interdimensional things. You've got things which uh, sit. They call the interdimensional insects. They sit on your head and take control, they, they want to monitor what you're doing, they infest computers, information devices. Mm. Uh, there's the big ones which just eat you uh, and uh, pile your bodies high up in bones. Uh, that's Vietnam War was all about that. Yeah, yeah. And then there's um, all sorts of things. Okay, I could talk to you for another two hours on just on spiders. Well, people are saying these things. They're called scuttlers. They behave mm. like a spy. They they look like a spider and walk like a crab. Yeah. And um, they're about about nine inches wide. But now they've got bigger ones. I'm getting uh, well, more and more coming through, through some sort of uh, stargate or. Well, that's the ones that. that Lear has talked about in mm. um, in. Um, Vietnam, they came through gates, dimensional gates. There's talk that these so-called diamond spiders came from one of the moons of Saturn or, or Jupiter, where the secret space where I was doing a lot of mining on this on, on that sort of stuff, and they they they, they, they caught a lift and sort of reached the Earth. Mm. 
there's a very good film called Apollo 18, I think, where the spiders on the moon, you know, but we did not land on the moon with Apollo. We can't mm, do that, that with yeah. those tin cans. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean we didn't go there by other technology. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. why build, why create life forms in Boscombe and Portham Down to be used on the lunar bases? Mm. Because they have to have a different kind of biology which can deal with uh, vibration or, yeah, yeah. or be controllable yeah. in some way which doesn't need a soul in it. Well, I think this uh, this hive mentality, you know, that that makes us more acquiescent. You see that in bees, ants. You yeah, know I mean, they've got the role and they just do they fulfil yeah. that role yeah. until they die, don't they? It's just yeah, yeah. I can understand the logic behind it. Um, <laughs> don't make me sleep any easier, but <laughs> but we have got a much higher spirituality and level of existence, and that's where we need to switch that on and get that going. Mm, in many respects, once you get your energetic focus into that different realm you just literally don't exist here anymore so there's a sort of a carrot and stick approach here well, um, and that's very important to understand that by increasing our spirituality and our higher consciousness we simply migrate out of this place into a different focus range great stuff. it's all about focus and energetic you know white well, fronts um, thing. Okay, that's it. Good night. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I know you're busy, so... Oh, I'm very stuff. busy. Very busy, man. <laughs> Cheerio. Cheers. Goodbye. See you, mate.